What's up, everyone? We're back. Season six. I'm Rob, the kid who makes his podcast. Welcome. Today, this episode is amazing. For real, for real. I loved it. I think I just made a new best friend, Lisa Smith. By the way, shout out Lee Mashmeyer. I totally agree. She's one of the coolest people I've ever met. Lisa Smith is the executive creative director at JKR. That's Jones Knowles Ritchie, for those of you not privy. Uh, amazing, amazing human being. Amazing agency. Uh, on this episode, we talk about everything, like from the time that I bombed my interview with JKR uh, to why I love JKR so much to why I can't seem to get a job, even though I have a podcast about getting a job. And on this season, I want to open up more about that. You know, I always tried to make it like I was kind of on equal footing, but really I wasn't. And I think that's kind of cool because we're all in this together. So I'm going to try and get a job. And then I'm going to ask people these nuanced kind of crazy questions. And then uh, you can live vicariously through me. And then hopefully we can all get jobs and we can all get this money. Season six. Let's go. Let's get into it. Uh, Make sure you're following along on Instagram, Meet the Creatives NY. Make sure you're following along and subscribing on YouTube. Rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Uh, That's it. Season six. Here we go. This episode is fire, son. If not for me, Lisa is incredible. Okay, we're doing it. Goodbye. Enjoy. back to another episode of Meet the Creatives. Today I am joined by Lisa Smith, Executive Creative Director at Jones Knowles Ritchie, or JKR as the cool kids say. Welcome, thanks for being on the show. Thank you, super excited to, to be here and to have a chat this afternoon. When Leland Matchmeyer told me that you were like the, his, I think he said you're his one of his favorite people in the world. I was like, I, I need to, because people had recommended I speak to you before, and I've always been kind of a JKR uh, fanboy over the years and I'm talking like early on like even before we got there like when they did the Budweiser work with like Malika yeah. and stuff like that um, but yeah I've always loved JKR and then when Lee mentioned about um, his time working with you and I think that he talked about your um, your USA Today case study with Wolf Allens he was really like putting you on on the last episode so oh that's uh, so cool oh my god I don't think I've listened to it so now I want to listen to it but yeah, yeah I'm a huge cool. fan Leland is very special I love working with him Yes, probably the smartest guy I know, but definitely the best hair in design, <laughs> male or female. I don't know what the secret is. I don't know if he does like the curly girl method or like what's going on. There's some sort of outside help there. So. I have anyway. pretty big hair. It's tied up today. So probably maybe Leland and I were always competing for big hair days. <laughs> yes, that's good. My hair is, I'm having a pretty good hair day today. So it's good. <laughs> All right, so let's get into it. Um, thank you for being here. I listened uh, to the first half, admittedly, of this uh, thing I found on YouTube of you from like five years ago, and it was talking about how you made, quote, a lot of fucking tea was like your, your first job, and then, <laughs> <laughs> and, then you ha- and then also, too, that you liked uh, photography, that, that part of your major was photography, Yeah. and I've befriended recently uh, Mary Giuliano. And I, yeah, I want to like work with her. I want to be like a second shooter and do those cool like Dunkin' Donuts, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Kind of get the chance to work with all my favorite agencies. Yeah. Mari affects us all. I mean, Mari, she, she works for a lot of New York agencies, but yeah, we we work with her a lot at Chobani and uh, she, she shot all of the BK employees with me on the recent rebrand, which was, yeah. Her energy is extra which I love. <laughs> yes. Yeah. She's coming on the show. She's just been so, so busy. She's been out in LA and everything. Um, and 
it's funny because when I first got into like the branding space, I, I fell in love with logos and all that. But I think recently I've recognized in my heart of hearts that I'm a photographer, but I also have a love of branding. So then when my friend Josh showed me uh, Mari's work, I was like, I have to meet her. So it's going to be good. Maybe one day that'll be my, my Trojan horse, my way of getting <laughs> to work with JKR. But yeah, yeah, so tell me about the beginning. How did this all, how did you get into this thing? It's so funny that you found a video where I talked about lots of cups of tea. And I think back maybe a long while ago, I, I did have a deck when people used to ask me uh, what was my journey. And I used to have these Pantone chips on the first slide of all the different uh, color tints of, of brown for the different shades of tea. Because that was my first boss, John Ellery, had uh, the, that Pantone chart stuck in the kitchen. and wow. and. I, I mean, I did, I made a lot of cups of tea, but that isn't how it all started. It actually, prior to that, I mean, oh, I think I graduated back in 2000. I went to a college on in uh, the Southwest of England called um, uh, Bath. Uh, people have heard of that, maybe that city before, but the art yes. college there, not the university. Very important it was the art college because we were in a, a crazy halls of residence that was like in a half semicircle and you could like run back and forth and you get to mix with all the artists and the ceramicists and all the, the different creatives. And I think I always loved being around all different types of creatives from the very beginning. Um, and yeah, that's where I did a lot more, like my work was very multidisciplinary back then. I was always like filming or taking photographs and uh, was learning about graphic design, but definitely not in the Leland Mashmire way of like the geeky, I, he knows everything about design history. Design. <laughs> I kind of skipped all of that and was equally into kind of more art and photographers and illustrators and textiles and all of the different things which I think influenced my work but yeah I found myself taking amazing photos putting a small piece of type at the bottom and um and and making these posters and sort of ending up back in London where I'm just from outside London uh trying to get a job back in 2000, I think, yeah, it was when I graduated. Um, and, you know, like every student at that point, you're sending hundreds of different letters, trying to, to get to find a foot in, getting different internships. Um, and I got my first internship with a, a, a shop called Radley Yelder, who was, was an annual report. Uh, they designed annual reports. They were a thing, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> I caught the tail end of it. Yeah. <laughs> And actually what was interesting on the creative end of the annual report was the first half was always about storytelling and the second half was always about typesetting like hard facts and figures and as you're kind of learn years later when I designed USA Today newspaper, I'm super into hardcore typesetting and grids and systems and stuff like that. So um, I can really geek out on that stuff. So, hey, it was a perfect balance. It was- I have all the books, I just haven't necessarily like I have, wait, hold on, I'll, I'll pull it up here. See, like I have like, you know, I have like the books and it looks cool and I like it, but I, I am still in the infancy of my grid modular. I want, I want to be that guy though. I want to be like that Michael Beirut, Yale, Swiss, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I was so lucky because I, as I said, I did more photography. So then I ended up in a place that was... I mean, honestly, I walked onto the floor. I was one of the only women with about 100 guys who were all working on different annual reports. Um, it felt little factory-esque. They, they're super creative. They actually won lots of awards for, for their work. But I was a little bit out of place. And by 
complete like circumstances. One of the creative directors there uh, was my primary art school teacher's son. And he just took it upon himself to go, Lisa, what are you doing here? Can I look at your portfolio? Let's look at your work. And I'm going to help you tell you a bit more about where I think the right places would, would be for you to go and, and work. So use this right. internship, but I'm going to uh, help you kind of like point you in the direction. So he looked at my book. It was all photography. He was like, you love Martin Parr, don't you? I was like, yes, he's my hero. <laughs> and he's like, you have to go and see Browns. And I was like, Browns? I was like, I actually didn't really know much about them back then. And they were three gentlemen that were all ex-Addison, which was annual report world too, that all set up their own independent agency to do more kind of things that they were passionate about, whether that was annual reports or whether that on the other end of the spectrum was art books for photographers. And I was like, oh my God, that, and even all their identity <laughs> stuff that was in between, I was are like- they, Are they still yeah. around? <laughs> oh, yeah, they are. Brown's Can I go work for them? Are they in New York? <laughs> no, he's based in London, John Ellery. Okay. And uh, yeah, does beautiful work. He's he's part artist, part designer. And um, and I think, yeah, we shared the same, some of the same passions. But I went to see him with my portfolio and he opened my book and he looked through it and he was just like, oh my God, there's like rivers running through your type. There's this, there's that. And I was like, oh my God, there's no way I'm going to get an internship at Browns. And then I was like walking over Tower Bridge, like feeling a bit Bridget Jones, like all by myself and nothing's yeah. ever going to happen for me. And this is like <laughs> a disaster. I feel that way right now. <laughs> <laughs> and doing that back when you had like those block cell phones, I got a call and it was like, can you come back tomorrow and meet the other two uh, partners? They'd love to meet you before we would give you an internship. And I met them and yeah, really that 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 recommendation and them giving me an opportunity to do an internship was the the beginning of a journey but I mean I interned for them for literally six months it just kept getting extended and I did everything from like oh they were having an art show in their space and I would stick stickers on the little booklets I mean I would help in any way I could I actually wasn't that computer literate which because back then one Apple computers were still so expensive so a lot of us didn't own them or right. have them two I think even at college we shared like 50 max for a school like a, a, a year of 50 students or something so it was like it was, it was, I wasn't as proficient and fluent as I should have been or could have been. But um, yeah. one of the creative directors there took a bit of a, we, we, we spent time and he used to give me like tips on how to do different things on the computer and how to grid things, how to lay things out, what are X heights, cap heights, hanging points. And um, every day he would give me different tips and I still have this notebook. I don't know, it's probably in my loft space actually. It's normally That's in so a- cool a desk of every job I've ever had. I have this notebook that is every single thing of how to do, well, it was Quark, Quark Express back then, but actually maybe even it went into InDesign and it was freehand and da, da, da. But like how, like almost my own guide of how to use the computer <laughs> and the oh shortcut God, so keys cool. and all of these types of things. And when he would mark up my layouts, I'd keep the printout. I'd shown it to other students and designers over the years and go, this is an X height. This is how it should hang. And, and it was just, yeah, that was incredible. And it was really like a baptism of fire taking that internship. Cause I got asked to design a little booklet for a paper company called Munkin. And honestly, I didn't even like, 
opening up a program it just all felt like I didn't know how to do anything so I'd have yeah. to ask everyone for their help um Did you feel like you were gonna get fired the whole time oh the whole time and then coming up to those six months and like end and I you know it was an interesting thing because my mum had always said make yourself so like available that they just wouldn't be able to imagine the day that you wouldn't be there to help them so the the cups of tea and and, and the sticking on the leaflets are no joke. I was like, I will do anything, like absolutely anything, apart from probably clean the bathrooms or whatever. But I was right. like, I want to be as helpful and as useful and I want to learn and I want to be here. This is so exciting. And um, but after six months, my internship was coming to an end and they were, they were having a party for a new designer that they'd hired, a senior designer. And it was oh, going to no. be my, uh, my farewell party. And oh, as, you just gave me so much PTSD. I know that feeling. So yeah. Much. So, and, but they gave me, there was a little twist in this story. They gave me a, a brown paper wrapper box and handed it to me. And they were all standing around the room. And Brown's was probably maybe like 15, 20 people at the, this time. And they were standing around and I opened it and it was my business cards. And they gave me a job. What? That's okay. <laughs> And so I, I cried a lot. <laughs> I, I am a big crier, as you, as anyone who knows who's worked with me. I don't, I'm not very good with good feedback or bad feedback. I just cry regardless. <laughs> That's <laughs> good to know. I'm a little bit more emotional as I got older. I never cried before I was like 26. Now, now I'm 30 and I can't stop crying. I, I, yeah. I have everything. It just throws me completely off. Yeah. So that was how that all started. And it, it was amazing. From then on, like, my first actual job that they gave me was uh, to design an art book for a photographer. And I got handed an envelope of transparencies to go and scan. And I poured them out on the table and they were of a sex club in New York. And it was for a Magnum photographer called Susan Macellas. And I was like, oh my goodness. You know, like when you're like still a little young and naive and it's like <laughs> men hiding behind like doors, smelling shoes. And it was, well, it was the full works. But um, as I got to know who Susan was, she shot the first carnival strippers, I think back in the sixties or seventies, maybe actually the seventies. And um, she also had shot like uh, Newsweek magazine scapes of like uh, excavated gra graves in Nicaragua. She'd done a lot for Time magazine and life and things like that. She was just incredible. And um, yeah, I made this book with her. And uh, uh, and when I saw the pictures and scanned them in, they had like different textures in all the photography. So I said to my boss, could I go into Soho? I want to go and get some some textiles and things. And that's the first book that I did with like rubber pages, latex pages, and it was really tactile. And, and, and the stories are that September the 11th happened, which, um, and, and we were meant to be printing the book in actually near Bath, uh, ironically, so sort of back to where I went to college. And, um, and Susan had really struggled to get out of, of New York. And um, she ended up on a, a friend's plane that was coming to the UK and she was covered in dust because she'd been shooting. Um, she was exhausted. She had to sleep quite a lot, but we printed this book to, together. A lot of the women printers uh, and bookbinders refused to work on it because they thought it was uh, 
uh, demeaning towards women, but I found the whole book was like super empowering. It was the other way around in my eyes. They were the right. dominatrixes. They were like governing. They were ruling the roof. <laughs> I was like, this is badass. Real feminism. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was kind of like, and, and I think that's always been the, the textiles and the tactility and the illustration and all of that type of stuff has always been in a lot of my work. But also like the print productions and like love making things that are almost impossible and challenging. And then also always kind of like figuring out there's bridges between, yeah, like diversity and being the only woman in the room and da da da. And how can we be empowering? And I've never let any of that kind of hold me back. And but I, yeah. I advocate for it, obviously. But yeah, that was the beginning. So that's like that's perfect. You got you covered all, all the bases there. It's amazing. <laughs> I'm so happy that you shared all that because I've acquired all these books. I have like this, like this desk. I have all these different things. I have like these cameras. Like I, I mentioned, like really getting into photography, really getting into design. And recently I've been kind of struggling to number one, find like find a home like design wise or photography wise. And then going back and forth between like what it is like I really want to do. Cause, and I think that a lot of people at my stage in the game kind of have this. I'm at like, uh, this is, if I'm, I've been at this for five years, but if I'm really honest, I've been genuinely only applying myself for like two years. The rest of it has kind of been feeling sorry for myself and telling things like the industry doesn't care, but really I just want to go party with my friends. But over like the last two years, I've really made a conscious effort to get my shit together. Like I remember uh, back in the day I interviewed at JKR and it was just a total train wreck. I, <laughs> I had like no business being there, but they were nice enough to have me. So, um, but uh, no, yeah, everyone was more than welcome. They, were, yes, they were really cool. I, I, I definitely have a couple more ducks to put in a row before I try my hand at that again. But I really have like gotten after it. And I, I know this sounds like it's just like me feeling sorry for myself, but I, I can't help but feel like a lot of people are having this experience too. It was kind of like jarring to go in and out of like freelance positions and stuff like that. And like you're kind of learning the ropes and getting all this experience, right? But then you also kind of get, in my personal experience, I got kind of like jaded by that whole experience of like, oh, like this could work out into something more. And then now I'm at a place where I'm older I have somewhat like paid my dues in a way, but I, I, um, I, I, I don't know. It's an interesting point you touched on. Cause if you think it's about like it, the John Mayer song, my, it might be the quarter life crisis. Yeah. My experience <laughs> was I had to hustle in a way that from a very inexperienced side and had to make myself invaluable to the point that it's probably the typical was of that period a typical like yes the intern makes cups of tea they scan things they photocopy stuff and blah 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 and now I think everyone graduates and they're much more pro 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 proficient in programs and different types of things and, and and maybe now we're also even going more full circle because hey I think the times are getting much more interesting where we're actually thinking much more about diversity whether it's diversity uh, ethnically but also diversity and experience do you have you had to have gone to college even like do, like does all any of that really matter but what okay. you have to do as an agency is make sure you're creating the right conditions 
so that you can have different people coming in and they can discover who they are. And I think what right. you where you're getting at is like, oh, well, was I, am I dedicated enough? Was this the right opportunity? Am I going to be a freelance? Am I committed to this? Like, right. I mean, I've ended up cu accidentally curating my career through different passions and, and things, but I've always, design is the thread that's always carried through it. Even when, I mean, I've, I've worked at, uh, where I'm moving, like I worked at moving brands in San Francisco for a bit when I first came to the States. And that was more thinking about making sure everything came to life. We live in living, breathing worlds. I've worked at the Victoria and Albert Museum. So I've helped build, work with 3D designers on exhibitions and space design and thought about signage and materials from that. I've like worked on restaurants and hotels here in New York. I've worked in obviously in yoga and the more packaging and branding for within a brand. Like it's always, I'm always wanting to learn and do and learn more. Like that has never stopped the, is the curiosity. Mm -hmm. um, and probably, I mean, yeah, is it, you know, everybody is different. I'm always like, I, I love what I do. So it's really driven me. Um, in a way that maybe you know other people are like well you know I have a life and it's like well yeah I have a life but I love what I do and that's kind <laughs> right. of what I do so I don't really see much of a divide but I also do really respect other people that come to their jobs and work really fucking hard within their the hours of nine to six and figure out their careers within that and still have families and balance and and things like that I, I don't think there's any any right or wrong in, in both of those but navigating you never know when you're at the beginning where you're gonna where you end up. And my my yeah. story, my obviously my story is my story. Yours will be different. You'll be like, oh, I wasn't committed those first couple of years. Then I tried this out. Then this happened. I did. I ended up just being a photographer. I used yeah, my design maybe. skills to build my website. On the one hand, I'm like restless and like want to like get a full time job, working at an agency. And on the other hand, though, too, it's like no, I, I'm kind of glad that I'd had this sort of winding road with this podcast because i've gotten a chance like i know so much about like the chibani brand and like you know all the different stuff about it and and getting to talk to all these people and kind of like fanboy out about all these different things and i think that it that it, there has to be that period of exploration in order to one day get where i'm going but when i'm in this sort of like transition period you almost kind of feel like am i going to be able to sort of land this plane because it's, I am wildly passionate about all of these different things. And then I just have these conversations with my parents. So it's like, when are you going to get a full-time job? <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, don't worry. I, I, I remember even at school when I, I think, even when I was like, honestly, I was like 12. And I had the choice between what was home economics, which was cooking back then. Uh, it, it was <laughs> to do, uh, yeah, like computer studies or ceramics. I chose ceramics and this, this will sound bad, but my dad was who he was and he was a little bit more old fashioned with his way of thinking. And he came to the school and he was like, Lisa needs to learn how to cook. Women need to learn how to cook. <laughs> and the irony is, is like, my brother is a chocolatier and my mum is an incredible cook. And I probably would have equally put so much effort in, in, into culinary. I kind of love it too. Like I imagine I could have gone it's just which creative door did I want to go through? But because I was right. told I had to like cook, I was like, fuck that, I don't want to yeah. do that. And so of course I rebelled much more into art. That was my way of 
of rebelling um in some in and and then my mom i remember when i did in england you do your um before you go to university you have to do a year in between school and university it's called an art foundation it's one of the best things ever you go to a college a local college for a year and you do ceramics and fine art and textiles and photography and typography and jewelry making for the first eight months i was like in heaven i was like i want to do all of this but right. then you had to pick a lane and i went to my mom and like I'm going to do fine art. And she was like, uh, no, 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 no. You are going to go and do the one that, that will pay right. your salary and that you will leave home one day. And so yeah. of course I took graphic design. But um, yeah, that's, it's not like that bigger fame and fortune. But uh, hey, it's, uh, it's not a, it's, <laughs> it, it's like, I love it. Like there's so much, you can do all of those things that you're passionate about, the photography, uh, the, the grid systems it all comes together in design that's the beauty yeah. it's like design is the central the gravity of where all of those different things come together and yeah I mean again some people I meet amazing designers who are really good at systems others that are really good at typography uh other you know and I've always been the red thread that just likes to connect it all together because I'm passionate yeah. about all of them and maybe not really 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 good at any one thing just more connecting the dots yeah for sure yeah and i think that's kind of like where where i'm at because i know intuitively like in my not to be like lame about it but i know intuitively in my heart that this is all kind of coming all the the worlds the photography the film all those classes i took uh, like in college and stuff like that. And, and also like what I do online, like the things I watch on YouTube to try and get better at, it's all kind of like culminating and coming to this, this place. But I'm sort of at a place now. It's like, it's like when, but I know it will probably be soon. And I know that one day I'm going to listen back to these and be like, what, like, why were you so scared? But I, I don't I don't know. It is kind of nerve wracking, but I, I definitely, I think that also too, and tell me if the, you had this experience, the communication, with people I think is really important because I used to just say what people wanted me to like what my parents wanted me to say. And I think this is valuable for people that are trying to explain, because that's one of the questions I always get. Like my parents think that I'm like you mentioned, like they they're into fine art and painting and stuff and their parents, you know, want them to like, they have to kind of justify it. Yeah. But I think recently I've just communicated with them. It's like, Hey, look, I'm having, you know, like if, if you could meet the people that I was talking to, I just, one day I'm just going to have like a big dinner table with all the people that I, um, I look up to like yourself and Lee and all these different people. I'm like, see mom and dad, like this is who I'm hanging out with. Eventually I'm running the right circles. You just got to give me time. It's going to happen. I mean, but. you can talk to my mom and try and tell her what I do. I mean, she's still trying to make sense of it 20 years later. I, I gave her my first book, that published book, which is now worth like thousands of dollars because it was a collectible book. And she was like, just don't show your granddad. He'll never give you any money because <laughs> the, 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 the pictures were so naughty. And this like book that was worth about $500 back then, it's probably worth thousands, just sat collecting dust on her, on her shelf. And Could she have just stole like, it back and sold it on eBay. She, but she's yeah. always come to everything. She's always proud. She doesn't quite get it, but she knows I work pretty hard to do it. And she's yeah. proud of that, I think. So <laughs> well, I just had a, a, a TikTok comment that I said go viral. And it was because uh, somebody 
was like ask the the TikTok video was like ask your parents like what you do for a living and i commented on there and this is a true story so i've been a professional dj since i was like probably 18 i had like turntables and stuff like that and i still do i just did like a wedding the other night kind of thing and my dad the other day goes so how and and it's so funny because they always say these things when you're in this really vulnerable place and my dad's like so how's the uh the disco ball thing going <laughs> i was like dad this is my profession that is insulting to me I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So let's get happen. This has been so much fun. I feel like we're going to be best friends. I'm, we're going to make this happen. Um, let's get into some practical stuff for people. So now, now that I've, I'm done having my, my therapy session uh, with you, thank you. Uh, I'll make sure that, that I, I then know you after. Um, but practical advice for entry level creatives looking to get a job with JKR, one of my favorite agencies. I think that JKR really makes things beautiful and amplifies the experience of like what people love about that brand and brings it like to the forefront. Like when I get Dunkin' Donuts coffee now and Baskin Robbins, I am like excited. It's like a fashion piece. It, it brings me joy. And it just, it's so cool to see, um, how you guys make brands evolve more recently, Burger King, and yeah. then also kind of working with the startups and stuff like that. I'm just a huge fan of it. It's really good. Um, but if people want to get a job for you, how can they go about doing that? Everything, whether it's Duncan or Burger King, or even people in early stage of startups, we we have a bit of a mantra there. And 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 I haven't, I never used it before I joined JKR, but I've whether I've drunk some JKR Kool-Aid along the way, <laughs> but it is, it is a bit of an aha moment in the idea of you've got that, that cheesy Oscar Wilde quote, be yourself because everyone else is taken. And the idea right. when we work on these rebrands is to go back and find, be the, how can they be themselves? Now it might not be like finding what's in the archives and contemporizing that, that might've been the right execution for, you know, Duncan, it was sitting there all along the colors, the, they were still modernized versions of the typefaces. They obviously dropped the donuts. There was some very big strategic things, but it was right. always about being themselves and what's making Duncan Duncan. And it's and then when you look at like a Burger King, who yes, we went back and 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 in the logo exploration phase, ended up being kind of a, looking at the most iconic point in history, which was their logo from that period. But nothing else in that brand is old. Everything else is, is modern. It's not a homage to the past. But the best feedback you can get about that work is this looks like how Burger King should have always looked like. I can't even yes. imagine what the old one looked like. This that's is a perfect Burger way King. of stating what you guys do. No, I, I don't think you're drinking the Kool-Aid. I think that's a really great way of describing it. Yeah. Like um, just if you tweak it just right. And then, and then as somebody who loves that brand, you're yeah. like, yes, they did it. Um, and I mean, every agency probably has slightly different, I don't know, different ways of getting at that or different ways to describe it. Well, followers, we've always talked about what's special about you and what does the world need? So what's special about you, the heart of the brand, uh, what it stands for, blah, blah, blah. And what does the world need? Where's the world going? Where's the future? Is it more digital? Is it more technology? Is it more lo-fi? Is it having a nostalgic moment? Is it doing this? And just understanding the trends and what the consumers want and kind of marrying those together with the design solution. So look, everyone comes at it slightly different ways, but that's really what we're saying. So then when you think about, when I start to look at candidates that might want to come to, to JKR, I Perfect think about segue. what, <laughs> what's special 
about them? How are they showing me that they are unique and different and going to have an interesting point of view? So I'm not looking anymore. And, and this is definitely be something I've been working on the last like few years, judging a book by its cover, literally like, do I think that book is awesome? Every now and again, you see one and you're just like, oh my God, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Right. But especially if you, you know, you're coming out of college or you haven't even been to college. I don't expect your work to be like, or, like awesome on every single level. I'd like to see an idea here or there. I'd like to see your personality coming through in your work, having a point of view on the work. Um, and I think so it, it, it's, it's a whole new way that I look at the work. And, that, and more often than not, um, I'd, I'd wanna speak to people. Like we try and interview a lot of the people that uh, apply to JKR, um, whether that's in person or on the phone, whether that's me, whether that's the CDs or the DDs or even the SDs, because we want to give people a time because you learn so much more when you meet them and find out what the, the drive is and the excitement. Because I think the biggest thing about JKR is it's you're, you're working obviously either on like extreme scale brands or you're working on small innovative startups. And both demand quite a lot of energy. And I think what um, you can be an introvert or an extrovert or any type of person at, at JKR, but you, I need to see the spark that you're going to like bring something to the project. And there's that level of energy and excitement to learn. Because I'm still learning now. Yeah. Like it's not done. There, you know, you don't have to, oh, I've learned the programs. Now I'm ready. Or I've like learned everything about the industry. Now I'm ready. There's, you're never you're never going to know everything. So um, I think just seeing that, that appetite and the drive and the eagerness, and then in the work, just seeing something that really reflects that person's personality. Um, it doesn't all have to be perfect because you're going to get the job and come and learn right. on the job. I, I think that, that that transfer of enthusiasm is, is so important. And that really helped to open up a lot of doors for me early on. Like I remember this one time, I wasn't really qualified for the job, but like the CD wrote me back. She's coming on the podcast soon. I don't want to spoil it, but she's coming on the show soon. We, we, and it's funny. We still stay in touch. All this, She still remembers me from like five years ago, which is like so cool. But she messaged me back and she's like, and I was so, okay. I'm not going to start airing out my grievances, but the, I, you know, I think it's really nice for creative directors. And I get the impression like you're somebody who would probably do something like this. It's like, to just write, write back like a genuine thing of like how it went. Be like, sorry, like not accepting applicants at this time. Sometimes it feels very like clinic, like sort of like sterile and yeah. clinical. And she wrote me back and she was like, look, like you're not ready really to fill this position, but your enthusiasm, like you are like a firecracker. Like your, your love and passion for brands is like unmatched. And if you could just get your book to be even like close to what that, that energy feels like you're going to be in great shape and you're going to have a great career. And that really like meant a lot to me. I, I think that it's true. Um, I kind of just need to, to get my book, tweak it a little bit more and probably show more of like who I am. Cause I always kind of have it where I want to make my, you know, cause I'll look at like uh, the JKR website, for example, and be like, okay, I need to make my case study like this. And it has to be like this and you know, <laughs> like that, that thin, that thin weight, you know, um, you know, new Haas grotesque, you know what I mean? So, um, I don't think we're not expecting that though. So do know that, as I said, I find your own way, but no. I think, um, 
I should almost just make my portfolio just a video of me screaming about my. I think I think I should just delete my whole portfolio. Just make a Squarespace website with a link to like a a YouTube thing, and just like take every brand and then just be like, and this is why I love Dunkin' Donuts. Up next we have Chobani, and this is why I love it. And I and just be like, and if you want to hire me, I'm a subpar graphic designer. Let's work together. <laughs> well, uh, and it, you know, like there is, there's no. I just don't believe in the subpar or, or any of that type of stuff. I think, again, yeah, but there's people much... out there who are crushing it, though. There's people out there, I look at their portfolio and it makes me just want to, like, take my ball and go home. I really, I, I really couldn't <laughs> use a computer. Like, I had to learn from on the job. I mean, yeah, I, I'm still, I wouldn't, I mean, I still design here or there and get into guidelines and probably do too much sometimes because I love it. <laughs> but I am no way as fast as like how some of the other, the team are now and, and, and things like that. I'm actually a bit jealous when it comes to it, how uh, others uh, make and create and connect everything and everything's on the server and how all the links work and all of that, that blows my mind. It has to be on the Just desktop. Just you say that gives me anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> I just but need to figure out how I can be like an, like an idea I think, guy. You know what I, mean? I like what you said. I like what your, your CD said to you. Cause I do think it's, I, I, I mean, where I can, I definitely always try and respond if stuff comes to me personally too. Um, and rejection is one of the hardest things to take. I mean, as I said, like when I got that internship to getting even, yeah, well, well the second internship when I got to Browns, I mean, I'd probably sent hundreds of letters. I, and it's interesting, like I was judging an awards the other week with a creative director that I sent a letter to many times. I didn't say it to him, but he never no, replied once to me. To. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're not gonna go there, but um, but I was just like sitting in the same digital room judging with him thinking, yeah, yeah, you yeah, never- so I, I got a seat at the table. <laughs> ECD <laughs> at JKR, bro. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't matter, do you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. The, it made me want it more and you yeah. and find your own way. But I think I do want people to always know that it, do, it doesn't matter what your personality type is, introvert or extrovert. You, you and I probably both shout from the rooftops. Others have a much quieter, <laughs> but equally authentic. And it's being authentic and it's being yourself and, um, and have just as much time. And you have to have teams that are really mixed and diverse and of all different uh, personalities. And I, I think it's just, equally as important to take the time for the for the quieter ones too because they're often sitting on the best ideas <laughs> <To get> ordered, <laughs> yeah. well, it's actually really been encouraging today to speak with you and i feel like i'm i'm not one of those people who's like and everything happens for a reason because like clearly you know a quick glance around at like humanity in general will be like not everything but you know i think sometimes people are like come across your path and i think that talking to you today has been really special because I see a lot of myself and you and, and your um, social sensibilities and like your enthusiasm for stuff. And, and, and um, I think I have to, rem and this is kind of like what I was trying to get at before there was sort of this like momentum building and then COVID happened. And then um, I'm so extroverted and I'm so op I have such an imagination, but then sometimes that um, that same imagination that le that lends itself to creating also can imagine about all the different ways in which maybe I'm not like cut out for something kind of thing. Like it's sort of it's like a double edged sword, and I think it's just like so cool to talk to someone like yourself and realize it's like oh she's just like just like you and you. 
I feel like during COVID, I almost like convinced myself that it's like, nah, you're probably not cut out for it. You should just, you just like, you know, that little voice in your head just gets like, you should yeah. quit. You should quit, dude. You oh, should just be a photographer. You think we all don't have that voice? Like, we oh, all, no, I know, I know. <laughs> we all have that voice, whatever. And, and it was loud though recently. Good day. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's pretty exceptional, unusual circumstances. So yeah. everyone's working in their living rooms or their bedrooms or housemates. And I mean, it's, it's yeah, we've all, we've all played with our demons a little bit over the last couple of years. I, I have yeah. my dog for my talking. I'm like, I get up in the morning, all right, I'm gonna brush my teeth, how are you? <laughs> like talking <laughs> to my dog, <laughs> just like otherwise. <laughs> Slowly going crazy. Yeah. But I think it's- I think Design it's is dog. a crooked path. That's your, your takeaway. Like your career is a crooked path. This industry is, is kind of a crooked path. Coming up with the solution for a client is a crooked path, whether you come up with it in the shower, whether it takes you weeks to get to the answer because you're just like, you push and you push. I almost love that bit where you can't actually get it. And you're in like almost extreme pain of like trying to get the the answer. But, yes. the, but the, the amount of interesting stuff that comes out at those like most craziest moments is just really interesting. I just... Yeah. It, it's just not, it's not like a perfect job and it's not like a perfect industry. It's, it's, we're creative. So it's all a little like up in the air. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Sometimes I kind of wish that I just had some sort of like, some sort of, and I know that these are all incredibly difficult jobs that I'm about to, to I'm not trying to take anything away, but, but like, you know, sometimes I sort of wish that I was just like, I wanted to be like a policeman and I just like went and like, you know, like got a job, you know what I mean? And like got a pension and stuff like that. But in my heart of hearts, I don't, right I don't want now. that. Any, anything else but that that job right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but like, you know what I mean? Like, because I used to yeah. want to be like an like an FDNY, like New York City fireman. I was like, that was like my dream. And I still a little bit like when I see them like going through like midtown traffic, it's like, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> it's like coming down the road. I'm like, oh, I fucked up. I should have I should have been a fireman. But that's not that's not me. You know what I mean? But it's um yeah, it's it's good to to talk to people like yourself and just realize that. It's all going to be all right. I'm going to look back on these podcasts one day. I, at this point, I'm just like burning it down at this point because I feel like I used to worry about what people would think. But I think that they're in a, my in my irrational thinking. I'm sure there's people out there and maybe it's just an incredibly egocentric way of thinking. But there's definitely people out there that are really scared because it's fucking scary. You know, it's scary to be like, yeah. am I going to make it? Am I going to be unemployed? Like, am I, <laughs> well, I yeah. worked on 100? No, I, I, yeah, and it, and and finding the thing, and finding the agency or finding the brand or whatever that that you feel really comfortable in. It, it's yeah, it's a journey, and I and I I get that, and it is it is so. I I remember that it was I was equally as scared when I was like six months into an internship, and then I remember as I said, like that first project and September the 11th happened and then one of the worst recessions happened and we all took pay cuts and I was already on the lowest salary like you could possibly imagine. And my granddad had to help pay some of my train fare to get to work because I still oh wanted God. to go to work. So it was like, you, you got the job and then you got like pay removed because of like the the world recession and circumstances but I believed in it and I believed in my my team and my boss and we were going to get back there and we did get back there and and got better and better but it was like it's yeah it, it's 
yeah, it's it's a it's a um, a crazy industry, but a really cool one, and lots and lots of different different paths you can take. Like, you know, I always think about that with my brothers. Like, my brother worked for uh, Gordon Ramsay at Hospital Row. He's an incredible. He worked in Paris as a chocolatier, but he opened a shop in our hometown called Saffron Warden in Essex in England, and he's so happy. Works with my brother. Oh my god, small local business. Well, I'm picturing out, like, like Gene Wilder and Willie and the, uh, like the, well, it's the a little bit Charlie in the chocolate factory, but uh, <laughs> Jamie Oliver's like their number one fan. If he posts something when he goes to the shop because it's near where he lives locally, they sell right. out of that the next day. And it's just like it's all relative too. Like, right. do you want to be at the the best? What what you know you perceive as the best agencies, or is there an agency out there that you're going to make work out that you're going to be super happy? I never really worried about that. I mean. Wolf Hollins and Chabani and JKR and that's it all sounds awesome and I know that seems like really really up there for people who look at design from the outside or on their journey on the way up and they're like seeing what we do but I was equally happy when I was at a smaller design agency making art books for photographers or you know working on hotels and, and restaurant branding. And that was all my journey. I love working at the VNA. Like there's so many different paths in design you can take. They don't all have to be uh, what is the hotshot agency of the, what right. people might think of the moment. We're always, we're gonna be on our own journey and JKL has been around for 30 years. I mean, it's 20, right. tw- yeah, it's, it's, yeah, we're in in our first ten years. We're the the teenager version of JKR and and uh, <laughs> the London are much more grown up than us and much yeah, more that's cool. well, You're the perfect youthful spirit for that. But thank you so much for doing this. It's been so much fun. I hope that I wasn't too too uh, too emo, but I definitely am just like I want to talk about these things and. I feel like I always want this podcast to just be a, a conversation at scale. And sometimes yeah. it's, it's not as like, as like buttoned up as I necessarily would have wanted it to. But then I also, if I was to talk to you, you know, if we were to like run into each other somewhere, these are this, this is probably the, the existential breakdown that I would have with you. So where can people find you online? What's the best place to get in touch? Uh, JKR global on Instagram. Is that the website as well? Yes.com. Um, and yeah, I have an Instagram. I don't have a website. It's JKR. It's always where I work. Exactly. Good, <laughs> good answer. Good answer. <laughs> and if you I, want I, my Instagram, you can look for me. <laughs> okay, cool. And I, I know that I had reached out and I spoke to the CEO of JKR a couple months ago. <laughs> and I, we're planning on eventually talking. I still want to talk to her as well. Oh, uh, Sarah? Oh, she would yeah. love it. <laughs> yeah, I know that she's really busy and stuff like that. And the audacity for me to ask someone like Sarah to come on the show. But oh, I'll, no. I'll, you got to go for the top. You, got, you know what I'm saying? You got to go for it. Sarah would love it. And Sarah can tell you you what a journey. I don't want to step on any toes. I just want to put no, that out. No, no, no. Her, her journey of coming from JKR london to coming to new york and starting from scratch is an incredible story so you should definitely talk to her because you know she's very special she's only ever worked for jkr so she's got a very but she every day she comes at it like like it was her first day she's got all of that energy all of that optimism um and excitement for what we do and i just it's it's really contagious so you should definitely talk to her 
I definitely will. I'm, I'm kind of on a mission to talk to all the big CEOs. I had Sean Lyons, who's the global CEO of RGA. I had uh, Joanne Chan, who's the CEO of Turner Duckworth. I'm just- Amazing. I, what's so funny is that they're the most, they're the most normal of all the people, and which is hilarious because then I got these fucking like ACDs who come on here like, oh, excuse me, you know who I am. It's well, like, I, I, I mean, just, like a CEO on and they're cool. I think you know more about JKR and your love for it than I even did. I didn't even really know JKR. Oh, my knowledge runs deep. Y'all get me in for the interview. D disregard. <laughs> We're interviewing you. But it was just, yeah. like, I, I didn't really know about them until I was at Howl Design and I saw Tosh talk. And, and I was like, I'd seen these brands when I judged awards and things like that. But because, because again, the things that I look at, which is more probably arts and photography and, and we're like film and music and stuff. I'm not always like up to speed on every perfect design, like all the, the gossip and all the ins and out on the, the design industry. And I was like, holy, like this is am <laughs> like amazing. <laughs> and then a few months later, I got a call. That's <laughs> and, like, and that's because so he good. gave me an award there, I think. So that was interesting. But it, and that all was based on me joining, was based on relationships. Like I really liked him and Sarah. That yeah. like, I was like, I could work with these people. I could make some awesome stuff. They're gonna create the conditions for me to be me and do what I do best. And it's always been the conversations with them are always like that. What are you doing yeah. that's getting in the way? What's like bugging you? What can we remove? What can we help you with? How can we create the path so you do what you do best? And and I, you know, we have, we share the same visions. And I think yes. that's like uh, for the work and for the people and for the team. And um, yeah, you should definitely talk to them. <laughs> okay, good. I'm gonna talk to all of them. It's gonna be perfect. I appreciate you uh, being here. It's been really fun. Likewise, uh, really fun. Cool.